Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Well, this morning, you know, as, as I contemplate and, and the Lord gives me what I need to speak on, you know, it was a year ago, a little over a year ago, that our, our late beloved brother, um, Cloyd Ed Miller, spoke on signs of the times. How many remember that? He spoke on signs of the times, and if you remember him well, you knew what his passion was. And it was making sure that each of you were aware of the signs of the times. Amen? And I know this church would do a disservice if we didn't continue to do that. So I'm going to speak to you today on that. I'm going to speak on on this next week as well. Um, But I may not get through all my points today because I don't want to take too much time here today. I realize... It is getting warmer, and I, I know you got to get back to your air-conditioned homes, or at least your air-conditioned vehicles, amen, or fans, or swamp coolers, whatever it may be, amen. But again, we, we must be aware of the times we live in. How many know that? We must be aware of the times that we live in. Brother Ed's greatest passion was that we recognize those times and then act upon them. It wasn't just good enough to know that we're living in the last days, but what are you doing about it, right? What are we doing about it? Not only as a church, but as individuals, amen? From, from the blood moons of the recent past to the recent solar eclipse, right? The Bible says that there will be signs in the skies. How many know that? There's going to be signs in the sky now I don't go around thinking, oh, there goes a shooting star and this and that. There's another sign from God. No, 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 no. But blood moons, solar eclipses, not only that, but these are indications of the impending or imminent return of Jesus. These are predicted in the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Now, not only that, but lately the the rhetoric between countries, the United States and, and North Korea... Now, that's, that's a whole other situation there. Just this last day, North Korea just let off a hydrogen bomb, which is the next step to a nuclear bomb. They're there already. They're threatening to shoot missiles at Guam or over Guam, which is a United States territory. Now, again, I don't say any of these things, and I'm not going to say anything here today to scare you or to cause you to fear, because how many know God did not give us a spirit of fear? Amen? He did not give you a spirit of fear. But what, what it tells us as believers is that we see the signs of his coming. Now, I know some of you may, right now, may possibly, be sitting here saying, well, Pastor Rick, we've heard this for years. We've heard this for years. They've always said that Jesus is coming. They've always said that the signs are here. But let me tell you this. We've never, ever in the history of mankind been at the point we're at right now. You know that... Beginning in 1967, that, that, from that point forward, we entered a new era there where, where all things were possible. The imminent return of Jesus could happen. But we know it's not going to happen until the Word of God, the gospel, has been shared to everybody in the land, in the world. Okay? Apparently there are people still that have not yet heard the gospel. Maybe even some of you know relatives that have not heard the gospel we think that's an impossibility, but there could be people, even in our country, today and today, that have not heard the gospel. And it's our job to share that, the gospel with them. How many know that? Amen. And so, again, a quick glance at today's headlines 
Tomorrow's headlines will show you that we're living in those last days. Talking about Iran, talking about uh, North Korea, talking about China and the different things they want to do to our country and our ally, Israel. Let me, let me point something out to you right now that's significant. When you want to talk about end times, look at the country of Israel. Amen? How many Bible students we got here? Because you should know that. How the country of Israel goes, there goes our future. Amen? There goes prophecy in, in the work. So one of the things that's been going on recently, and this is just an intro right now before I get into the points I have for you, but the Temple Mount, where the right now there is a mosque there. It's called the Dome of the Rock. It's located right where the temple used to be located. The temple that Solomon built, where the Ark of the Covenant was housed, where the presence of God, the Shekinah glory flowed, and where the people of Israel would come to worship God. Amen? Well, there right now, see, this was always, um, it was preserved, and to this current day, only the Arabs controlled it up on top. Israel, when they took over and won the war of 1967, in, in, in their sound mind and, and in wisdom, they said, okay, we'll take what we have claimed as our land, but we'll let you have control of the Temple Mount. And, and the reason that's important is because the Bible says in the last days, a new temple will be rebuilt. How many know that? A new temple will be rebuilt on that spot. And so what, why that's important is just recently, there was a shooting up there, there were protests, and they closed it off. The Jewish people, the Israelites, came in and took over that area. They shut it down to everybody. They installed metal detectors. Then you had protests from the Arab Muslims saying, why are you uh, using metal detectors when we've never had to have them, and, and so forth. They want to keep it safe for everybody, right? I went up there. I was up there four years ago, and I saw it, and it was, it's, it's an awesome sight. But to be there knowing that this is where the temple will be rebuilt. So, so what I'm saying is the Jewish now are, are in control of that right now. Well, they're going to have to be in control of that area to rebuild the temple. All I'm saying is we're one step closer to that. Amen? I'm not saying the temple's being rebuilt right now. I'm not saying it's being rebuilt tomorrow. But we're one step closer to that happening. Amen? So again, all I'm saying is that the headlines should tell you the signs are pointing to Jesus' imminent return. Amen? There's never been a time in the world's history where we've, been, where we've been closer to the return of Jesus. Now, it, that alone should cause you to do two things. Two things, right? Number one, recognize that Jesus could come back any second. He could come back any second. Amen. And number two, secondly that I should live each day of my life to bring him glory and honor yes. and, and to really internalize and say, Lord, am I ready for your coming right now? Am I ready for your coming? And only you can answer that. Only each of you as individuals can answer that. If he were to come today or last night at 1030, whatever you were doing, or Friday night at the club or wherever you may have been, were you ready for him to return? Amen? Amen? Are you ready? And the Lord wants to have a prepared bride. The church is his bride. We will be ready. Amen? Somebody want to hit that button again? That'll turn on the AC again. Go ahead on that wall. There you go. Thank you. So I want to read a scripture verse to you. If you'll stand with me, it's found in 2 Peter chapter 3, 
2 Peter chapter 3, and we're going to put that up on the screen this morning for those of you um, that want to follow along. And it's found in the New American Standard Bible. This is, this is verses 1 through 4 of 2 Peter chapter 3. It says, This is now, beloved, the second letter I am writing to you in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. Verse 3, Know this first of all, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you for your word, your promises, the signs that you give us. You don't leave us alone. You don't leave us ignorant. But Father, you have given us signs around us through your word and in our world today that tell us that you are coming, whether we are ready or not. But Lord, I pray today that we would be ready, each of us as individuals, that we would inwardly recognize where we're at and Lord, take the steps to be ready for your coming. And we pray that this morning in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen, amen. Look at your neighbor before you're seated and tell him, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Signs start with the nation of Israel. Real quickly, as I mentioned, we have to look at the nation of Israel. Uh, because as far as the nation of Israel goes, there go us, the United States. We are one of their only allies. They, they do have a, a few other allies, but we're the only ones that have stuck with them. We're the only ones that have been with them through thick and thin. How many know that? We must back Israel. Why? The Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Israel, to pray for the peace of Israel. And, and as allies, we're wanting to do that. If you ever look at a map, check this out. Little tiny Israel, which is about the size of this little dot here, and all these other countries that surround it want to annihilate little bitty Israel. And if you think about it, common sense would tell you, how are they still around? How are they still around? You know how they're still around? By the grace of God. God's hand is upon them. They should have been obliterated years ago. They've got countries like Egypt, Iraq, Iran, all these countries that have spoken out against them and wanted to destroy them. Iran especially wants to annihilate them. You've got ISIS. You've got all these groups nowadays that want to annihilate them. Why? Because they are the children mentioned in the Bible. They are God's people. Amen? Amen. In 1919, let me just give you a quick, quick history lesson. The League of Nations was formed. That was a precursor to the United Nations. United Nations was formed in 1947, a year before Israel became a nation. Israel became a nation in May, May 14th of 1948. But here's the important thing. Ever since they were born the, the, or formed, the, the uh, nations, the, the United Nations, they have always been against butted heads with Israel and with the United States. The United States has always bullied up to them in the past with strong leaders and bullied are uh, not allowed the United Nations to tell us what to do. See, the United Nations goal is to control the world. It's to dominate the world government. Amen. And what I want to talk to you this morning is one world 
government. How many have heard that term before? One world government. If you've been in church long enough, you've heard it. And <clears throat> how many know that we're, we're heading in that direction? Do you know we're heading in that direction? There, there's a power struggle in our world, United States. You've got Russia. You've got North Korea. What do they all want? It, really, at the end of the day, it's world dominance. They want to be the dominant country in the world. And for years, our country has been blessed to have the best military and, and so forth. And we have been a blessed country. How many agree with me? Amen? But there are other countries that want to knock us off the face of this earth. Why? Because I believe we stand on the word of God. This country was formed on the principles of God. Amen. And, and there's believers here today in this country that still want to rise up and declare that we serve a mighty God, no matter what comes against us. Amen. Countries are rising up against us, as we mentioned earlier. But the Bible mentions a man that will step into, into prominence. This man will be known as the Antichrist. This man will lead this government. Now, this man will be some charismatic man. Everybody will be drawn to this person. But he's got to have a, 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 a trick, something that will cause them to follow him. Uh, the Bible says he'll perform miracles. He'll be a deceiver. This man will. And what, let me give you some scriptures and you can write these down if you'd like. I'm not going to read these for you. These are just for your benefit. They're one world government scriptures. They're, they're found in the book of Daniel. Chapter 2, chapter 7, chapter 8. In addition, the book of Matthew in the New Testament, chapter 24, mentions this. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 8. And then finally... Um, Revelation chapter 13, chapter 17, and chapter 18. Now, in all these scriptures, you know what the, not the scary part, but you know what's going on? The United States is not mentioned in any of those scriptures. The, the church is not mentioned. You know why? Because the church has been raptured out. The church is now gone. We as believers, the next thing we're waiting for, according to scripture, is the rapture. The rapture is where the Lord is going to come back and the saints, you and I, are going to rise up and meet them in the air, the Bible says. That's called the rapture. That's the next prophetic event that's ready to happen. Amen. Amen. And hear, hear this. There's nothing left in the Bible in terms of prophecy that's preventing that, that from happening. It can happen right now. It can happen tonight. It can happen tomorrow. It can happen next year. But here's the thing. Are you ready for it to happen? Are you ready for it to happen? Because what I want to tell you this morning, I want to speak to you about is, if you get left behind, if you get left behind, these are the things that are going to be happening. Amen? And God forbid you get left behind. So here's the thing. One world government, there's going to be, how many have heard of, of, of the chip that's happened, right? The microchip. And I think I'm getting ahead of myself because I have that covered again. But there's this microchip that, in fact, there's this company in Wisconsin that just this year in August, beginning of August, implanted four dozen of their employees with a microchip. It's as big as a grain of rice. Have you ever picked up a grain of rice? Many of you, all of you, all you cooks in here, right? It's that big. And they implant it 
right in here, right in there. It's kind of like the same device that's used to implant the chip in your pet, in your animal. Now, I'm not saying that just because your dog has that, they're going to hell. I'm not saying that, okay? My dog has that too. He's not going to hell. All dogs go to heaven, amen? But what I am saying is the Bible declares in the book of Revelation, if you take that mark in your hand or your forehead, there's no pass go. Game over. Fiend, finit, the end. It's done. You will never inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, you cannot go to heaven if you take that mark. Now, now here's the thing. That mark will tie into your identification. It will say your name, social security number, your banking information, where you live. It's Big Brother following you, tracking you. How many believe that's a possibility, right? I mean... I guarantee you, if you pull out a credit card, most of you, I have the same one, it has a little chip on it already. Yes. My Chase Bank has a little chip on it. And now, that's not the mark of the beast. That's what it's called in the book of Revelation. That's not what that is. But it's a precursor. We're headed there. The technology is there. This man, the Antichrist, will use that information, and he's going to come out and say, you will not be able to buy sell or trade anything. In other words, you cannot survive. You cannot have food. Well, Pastor Rick, I'm going to set aside all my money. I'm going to set aside, I'm going to go into gold. I'm going to go into silver. Well, it says there, you will not be able to buy, sell, or trade anything without that mark. So your gold is not going to do you any good. Besides, check this out. Gold is pavement in heaven. Amen? Gold is pavement in heaven. Why do you want to hold on to gold? It's pavement. The streets of gold's in heaven. That's pavement. God's going to be going like, why are you holding on to gold? That's pavement. That's asphalt. Right? So, again, if God forbid you get left behind. But if you do, remember what Pastor Rick told you. Don't take the mark. Don't take that mark in your hand or your forehead. There will come a time where this world will face that. I believe it. I believe it. Do you believe it this morning? We have to be ready for that. And this man is going to step into the world scene, lead the nations. I believe he's going to lead this United Nations in some form of a revived Roman Empire and begin to lead nations, begin to... And the Bible goes on, I'm not going to get into all of this, but the first three and a half years of his rule will be ruled with peace and safety. There will be no wars. Everybody's going to think, Man, this is a great guy. Where has he been all my life, right? He's going to be so charismatic. I believe he's going to please everybody. But how many know you can't please all the people all the time? And after those three and a half years, the Bible says sudden destruction begins to happen. The worst three and a half years this earth has faced will occur at that time. Battle of Armageddon is going to occur during that time and so forth. But I'm not going to get into that. I want to just talk to you about some quick points here this morning. So once again, one world government is where we're headed. I I can see it happening already. I see it already every day in our headlines. Number two, how many would agree that we have had a moral breakdown? A moral breakdown, what what that means is you look around and and now let me just share this with you. I know I'm getting old. I, I got gray hair, okay. I'm in my 50s. I know I'm getting old. But that doesn't mean I'm just an old fogey, old fart, whatever word you want to use, and I am not in touch anymore because I I know that 
you know, when I was growing up, the things I did, my parents would just roll their eyes and say, I can't believe this child's doing that. I can't believe he's, he's dressed like that and this and that. And I'm sure my grandparents thought the same thing. But as we get older, every generation says that, right? We all say that about our kids at some point. But this is different. This is different. The moral breakdown is, number one, we've never been at a point where our society is so decayed now. Uh, most, most households now are single-parent households. It's rare. If you were raised in a two-parent household, you're a rarity nowadays. Let's just face it. You're a rarity. Most parents are, are raised, or most children are raised in a one-parent household, single-parent household. We have things like you wouldn't believe. You walk out on the street, you go to Walmart. Oh, my goodness. Here I go on Walmart, right? The people you see in Walmart, the things you see, you know, on the street that you never would have seen 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. How many know what I'm talking about, right? Things that people have no, no shame anymore. And I don't say that because... I'm old and I'm a pastor. I'm saying that because sin is now so ingrained in here in their minds that they don't see anything wrong with it. They don't see nothing wrong with disrespecting their parents. You never could have disrespected parents back in the day. You'd get slapped up so quick. Uh, You you know, how many know what I'm talking about right there? I'd have gotten the belt real quick. My dad's belt was leather and it hurt. Believe me, I felt it many, many times or a switch or something. You'd have gotten hit, right? But our moral breakdown, and I want to read a, a scripture to you, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. Now listen to this and tell me this isn't our generation. Listen to this. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Now, did I just describe today's generation? Amen. Amen. Now, you could say, well, that, that could describe the generation before. Not to that extent. You know what I said about disobedient kids to, to their parents? Back in the day, you didn't dare do that. You didn't cross that. Nowadays, you see that at Walmart. Let me pick on Walmart again. Kids yelling back at their parents and, and, and so forth. And it's crazy out there what you see. This is the world that we're living in. This is prophecy coming to life right now. It's happening right before your eyes and my eyes. How much more proof do you, know, do you need to know that we are in the last days. We're in the last days. And it's my job to make sure you're aware of that. It was my brother's job, Ed, to declare that because that's what he felt. He was called to declare that. And he did it very well. Amen. So again, let's not, let's not be like the world. Amen. Morality, not just in our country, but across the world is at its lowest point it's ever been. At lowest point ever, ever in the history of mankind. But here's, here's the thing that we must do as believers. We must not sit and judge it and say, oh my gosh, there goes that person. You know? Don't sit and judge them. Pray for them. Go over there and encourage them. Go over there and give that person a hug. Do you, do you know if they, they might just need a hug and somebody to tell them, hey, I, was just, I, was just, I just saw you. You looked down. I just want to encourage you. 
That's your job, not to go out and judge them. Uh, far too often I hear people say, oh, well, you know, I, I don't hang around those people. And yeah, I, I see what the scripture says, have nothing to do with them. But it's your job and my job to share God's love with them. What that's saying is not to be hanging with them 24-7. That's what it's saying. It doesn't matter if you come up to them and, and share a word with them. Hey, can I encourage you? Hey, I saw you down. What's going on? You want to talk to me? Can we talk? That's what it's all about. We're not to judge them, though. Amen? That's not your job, my job. That's God's job. Amen? God alone is our judge. It's your job to rise up and let your light shine. See, right now, if ever in the history of mankind, your light can shine, it's now. Your light should shine before all men. They should be able to see you and say, there's something different about Terry. Ever since the last month, there's a change in him. What's going on? There's something different in Dan. What's going on? I see this man at work, but something's different about him. What's going on? That's your light shining before all men. Amen? That's why we exist. Amen? Believe me, what we're seeing today in the form of those scriptures is straight from the pit of hell. It's straight from the pit of hell. The, the devil, your enemy, knows he has a little bit of time left. He, he had you right here in his back pocket like I have my handkerchief. And he knows he's going to lose you. Because many of you are turning to Christ in the last days. I turned to Christ in my late 20s. You're turning to Christ at whatever age it is for you. And, and God is trying to save you out of this lifestyle here. And the devil has short time and he wants to mess with you. And he wants to, he wants to con- convince you that you don't need God. That you should trust in money, trust in, in your flesh, in, your, in lusting, and this and that. He wants to fill your mind with a bunch of garbage. Yes. Amen? Amen? God wants to give you better choices than that. Amen? Amen. That's why the church exists today. That's why we're here today, to encourage you. Remember what I mentioned earlier about the Lone Ranger Christian? If you're a Lone Ranger Christian, meaning you're, you go at life by yourself and you try to do this by yourself, you're going to fall to this because you can't do this by yourself. How many know that? Jesus didn't pick one disciple. He didn't pick one. And you can't do it by yourself either. Jesus couldn't do it by himself either. He needed his disciples around him. You are the mouthpiece of God. You're his feet. You're his hands. He can use you. He works through you to touch other people. Amen? Amen. Now, here's the great news. The devil can't stop you. The devil can't stop you. He, He can try to stop you, but he can't. The Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail, amen, against the kingdom of heaven. You are working for the kingdom of heaven. You have Christ in you. You cannot be stopped, amen? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, amen? Amen. Greater is he that is in you. We're supposed to make a difference, all of us. We're supposed to make a difference. And we're living in a world today that needs you, that's counting on you to be a difference. And I'm going to just say, speak on one more point, and then we're going to stop. I'm going to stop here. Number three, advancements in knowledge and travel. Advancements in knowledge travel. I want to give you some stats here that will just blow your mind here. Okay? Uh, first, let me read the scripture to you. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4. Daniel chapter 12 verse 4. But as for you, Daniel, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Everybody say end of time. End of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. The back and forth, it's talking about travel. If you do a word study on that, it's talking about travel. 
and knowledge will increase. Well, we know knowledge has increased, but let me share with you how much knowledge has increased. First of all, let's, let's talk about traveling. If you were traveling 100 years ago at the turn of the century or, or, um, or a little bit before that, you'd travel 20 to 40, 40 miles a day maximum. You're in a horse and a buggy. There's no jet planes. There's no limos. There's no Uber. There's nothing, right? When I traveled to Israel, I traveled how many miles? 7,465 miles. It took me 19 hours to get there in a plane, but I traveled 7,465 miles. A hundred years ago, over a hundred years ago, it had taken you a year and more. I'd still be there. If I had just left you know, a year ago, I'd still be there. In less than a hundred years, we've made traveling advancements. Amen? Let me tell you this as well. We've come an extremely long way in the past hundred years. Check this out about knowledge. I don't know that I have this up here, but up until the year 1900, uh, the year 1900, knowledge doubled every hundred years. Every hundred years it would double up until the year 1900. But ever since the year 1900, check this out, uh, knowledge doubled every 25 years. Every 25 years, knowledge was doubling. Nanotechnology is doubling every two years. Clinical technology is doubling every 18 months. On average, human knowledge is doubling every 13 months. You know, we get so overwhelmed, those of you young people especially, because they're, they're growing up on computers. Unlike my generation, we didn't grow up on, we didn't even have pagers back when I was a kid. You know, we had, we had pagers and cell phones and smartphones and so forth. But... You have so much knowledge nowadays. You're overwhelmed with it. Google, you can Google anything and do your homework, right? How many wish they had Google back when they were in school, right? Or YouTube. We didn't have that. We had to work and study for what we found. Amen? Did you know that your smartphone has more capability and technology than the lunar module had? The, the module that went, the NASA module that landed on the moon? Your smartphone has more technology in that than they had on that ship. That's unbelievable. That is totally unbelievable. And my point is that all of these things that are happening are taking us to a place in time that nobody has ever experienced. Nobody. Nobody has ever experienced this, unlike you and I in our generation. Why is that? Because Jesus is coming back. He's preparing all these things. And I'm going to continue this next week. These are building up to the last points I had of what, we're, what those people that are left behind will have to face. There's a scripture that says, every eye shall see them. We're going to talk about that and what that means and, and how every eye can see him and, and so forth. But know this, we're right at the precipice of Jesus' return. He can come back at any moment. Amen? Do you believe that? Yes. yes. But here, I, I want to leave you with this. Don't just hear this. Don't just hear this. Because we've all heard it. I even mentioned it to you at the beginning. Oh, but Pastor Rick, people have always been saying that. Yeah, maybe that's you here today. I read the scripture to you. It said there's scoffers that in the last days there will be people mocking and saying, Yeah, they've always said that. But never, never in the history of mankind have we ever been where we're at right now with the technology to fulfill all the prophecy that's about to occur 
in the end days. Amen? Amen. Amen. Why don't you bow your heads this morning. Father, Lord, it's our privilege again to know you. It's our privilege to walk with you. And Father, this morning I praise you and thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And, and I pray, Father, that for those that maybe are hearing this, maybe for the first time, maybe they hadn't heard it in a long time, Father, I pray, God, that you would speak to their heart, that, Lord, they would indeed be ready for you because heaven is real and so is hell. Hell is real. Lord, and if they're complaining about this hot weather, Lord, God forbid. God forbid. But, Lord, the prize is you. We seek you, Lord. We want you, Father. We choose you. We have decided to follow you, Jesus. We've decided to follow you all the days of our life. Whatever may come, Lord, we've decided to follow you.